Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Welcome back, everybody, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And please be sure to follow Joe and I on Facebook and YouTube at the front line with Joe and Joe. Please like, subscribe, share, hit that little bell. We're told that that does wonders on YouTube, so make sure you hit the little bell. And today we are very pleased and honored to be joined by a good friend of the show, Teresa Tamio. And I don't imagine anybody in our audience doesn't know who Teresa is, but just in case, okay, um, Teresa Tamio is an author, syndicated Catholic talk show host, and motivational speaker with more than 30 years experience in TV, radio, and newspaper, and has spent 19 of those years working in front of the camera as a reporter and anchor in the Detroit market. In 2000, Teresa left the secular media to start her own speaking and communications company, Teresa Tamio Communications LLC, and her website and blog at teresatamio.com. Her daily morning radio program, Catholic Connection, is produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN's Global Catholic Radio Network and can be heard on over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates worldwide, including Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Over the past 20 years, Teresa has traveled extensively throughout Italy and has led pilgrimages and tours there over 50 times. And in 2019, she founded Tease Italy, a travel consultation company, along with its TravelItalyExpert.com website, where she shares insider tips for where to eat, stay, shop, and play in that beautiful country. Today, we will be discussing Teresa's new book, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us, which is published by Sophia Institute Press. She is uh, also going to host an online event coming up April 16th through the 18th, based on the book. We want to discuss that as well. Teresa Tamio, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. I guess I did okay the last time. My paisans are having me back on. Oh, we love you, Teresa. <laughs> you know, and we're a couple of picky paisans. You know, not everybody could be on this show. Oh, we right. love you. <laughs> no, right, honestly, sure. it's an honor to have you. Thank you very much. Well, and Teresa, before we get started, just remind everybody uh, when was National Meatball Day? National Meatball Day was um, March, I think it was March 9th or 10th. And if you go to TravelItalyExpert.com, uh, there's an article and I actually posted it on Facebook with my meatball recipe. And it was so cute because some of my followers and listeners tried the recipe. They took pictures, they put them up. It was it was just great. You know, you and I were talking before the show. I didn't even know there was a National Meatball Day. The three of us are, you know, are Italian. And my assistant, Gail, who's also Italian, she said, hey, it's coming up on National Meatball Day. Why don't you write a blog? And so I, I wrote um, kind of it's a recipe, but it's also a blog about how my recipe developed and how I learned from both sides of my Italian American family, my immediate family, because we're 100% Italian, as is my husband. And so I combined from different regions to have the best, I think, 
meatball recipe. At least one of the best out there. So it's excellent. Do you, do you put fresh parsley in your meatballs, Teresa? Um, if I can get it, I usually I, yeah, I use um, dried parsley because I find that when you're using fresh ingredients, that you use them toward the end of a recipe when you're cooking. Like when you're making your sauce, you don't want to put the fresh basil in or your gravy until the very end. Uh, otherwise it has a tendency to affect the flavor. So I usually use dried parsley, but I use a ton. I'm big on seasoning because I told everybody in the recipe, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm half of me is from Southern Italy, Calabria. So we like the spice. So, so if you want to back off on the spice, that's fine. But I use parsley, basil, fresh garlic, um, let's see. Well, I always use a locatelli or a pecorino romano in the recipe, stale bread, a little bit of milk, bada boom, bada bing, two eggs. And there you go. I love it. I got, I got to say one thing and then, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of your, of your book, but I will say <laughs> this. The meat and pasta. The, the meat, meat and pasta. pasta the meat and pasta of your book. But I will say this, the audience for Veritas is primarily Connecticut, Northern Long Island and Westchester. You said gravy. And I know any Italian who's going to be listening oh, to this, they're going to say, all three of you guys are from Jersey. That's okay? right. We Jersey say, so that's we say sauce from. up yep. here. That's right. You're from Jersey yep. City. So yep. we just go, that's going to cause an argument. Um, and, and hopefully Veritas doesn't have a problem between the, the gravy sauce <laughs> argument. Also, people say in my family, they don't call it pasta. They call it macaroni. Macaroni. That's what we call it growing up. We're not having now, pasta. Now that the pasta is like the, you know, the cooking channel and all this stuff. And I'm always talking about macaroni. I don't care exactly. if it's really. I don't care if it's rigatoni. I don't care if it's linguine. It's macaroni. I agreed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, now, see, we discussed the heavy things here on Catholic Radio. <laughs> so let's... Uh, but hey, this is very important. I agree. People. I agree. Because food, right, is, is part of life, and we should enjoy it. And it's it's a very serious thing, especially for all my Italians out there listening. I agree. Yeah, listen, right. It's like they say about good, you know, great art and great music. Okay, it's got to move the soul. Great food moves the soul. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to kick it over to Joe. We'll start with a memorari, Teresa, and then we'll we'll jump right in. Great. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we find to you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I think a good place to start, Teresa, is talk a little bit about like uh, your previous uh, life with regard to working in the mainstream media. Um, also, you, you you had sort of like a reversion of faith. Um, you know, you were working, you know, for some big networks, and then you mm -hmm. came into the church, and then you wound up working uh, in the media for the Catholic Church. Talk about that journey a little bit, because clearly you had to hear God's voice um, in that process. Yeah, I did um, several times and in several different ways, but it took me a, a long time to to really pay attention to what he was trying to tell me. And I did a, a, a three-part mission recently in southeastern Michigan, the parish mission, and a lot of people were struggling with the term hearing from God. Like, what does that mean? A couple of people came up to me and said, God doesn't speak to me. And I said, you know, so every night I tried to re-explain what, what speaking meant. And so by the end of the, the retreat, the mission, they were like, oh, I get it. So like when I was driving and I felt someone telling me to just hang on to the wheel real tightly. I thought I, I, I felt this voice. Or when I was driving by the church and I was thinking about someone and the prayer that fit my situation perfectly, that was God. And I said, yeah, those are the ways he speaks to us. So um, it's, it's really important for people to understand how God reaches out to us in so many different ways. Sometimes, uh, very rarely, I think we may hear in the depth of our heart, an audible voice that sounds like an audible voice. 
voice, but we can kind of hear it with our the ear of the heart, as St. Benedict said. And I had a, a very profound experience with that when I was deep in the secular media, even after my reversion. I was working at a very big uh, station in Detroit, the ABC affiliate, and had a very prominent position on air. And there I was thinking after my reversion, I was going to basically save the whole newsroom, revert all the Catholics, bring them back into the faith and, and, and be there for the rest of my life until I retired. And then once I got there, the, the epitome of the job, the Lord started to show me different things about the media, but I put them aside. I didn't want to pay attention. So I, I had come from an Italian-American family, moving from New Jersey to Michigan, being raised here in the metro Detroit area, had a great Catholic education and certainly learned a lot in grade school, but the pull of the world was too much for me. Even though I, I fell in love with Jesus when I made my Holy Communion, right away, the teachers started to recognize my gift for gab. They didn't know what to do with me because I wouldn't stop talking. So they put a microphone in my hand and let me partake in some of the little school productions we did. And that's where I realized I had a, I had a gift for, for public speaking. And it just took off from there. This was in the 70s when women were finally starting to make a name for themselves in broadcasting. And so by the time I was in the eighth grade, I already knew that I was going to go into broadcast journalism and that I was going to write, but that I was also going to hopefully someday be on radio and TV. And even though I really had a connection with Jesus at Eucharist, the world was, was really starting to pull women into this whole mindset of, I am woman, hear me roar. It's all about the career. Not that careers are, are bad and not that women certainly, as a church teaches, um, have a huge role to play in the world, in the world and in the home. But I let it take over. Uh, it became my God. My career became everything to me. And for years, it, it was the focus. And even when I met my husband and got married, he too was very career oriented. And we, we left God in the dust. And to make a long story short, we were having a lot of success uh, making the money. I went from radio over to TV, was starting to win a lot of awards, getting a lot of recognition. He was moving up uh, in his engineering firm, quickly became one of the vice presidents. And we never saw each other. Uh, we saw each other maybe on the weekends, uh, didn't go to mass, and, and our relationship was falling apart because the world had taken over. God intervened of all places at a Detroit Pistons basketball game. We were invited by my news director and her husband, who just happened to be an evangelical uh, Christian, and the Holy Spirit uh, obviously spoke to his heart, and he sensed that something was wrong, and he had known uh, me and Dom for, for quite a while because we, he was a producer, and I had worked with him in radio, and uh, he invited Dom to a men's Bible study. And my husband said yes, which is like so out of character for him because he's an engineer, as I mentioned, and he has to analyze everything 25 times over. But he said yes right away and went to that non-denominational Bible study. And it changed his life because he saw the Catholic Church in the Bible. Who knew? And so that started him on this trajectory where taking the faith much more seriously than we had growing up, even though, you know, both of us went to Catholic school, Catholic families. And then he went to um, a Catholic high school in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, very good uh, Scranton High School, high school there, Scranton Prep. But, you know, the world, again, was too much for us. And we were not exposed, for whatever reason, uh, to what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So he was on this trajectory, really falling in love with the Lord and the faith all over again. And I was out in left field feeling um, very judged. I thought that he was judging me. What was really happening was I was the Holy Spirit was working on me because he started to change and take the faith seriously. And I knew enough about my Catholic faith to know that I wasn't living my faith properly. So one thing led to another and he um, you know, kept going and going and our marriage was, was falling apart. The more he got involved in the faith 
it was as if the devil was trying to prevent us from from coming together. I had a um, my own um, Damascus Road experience where out of the blue I was fired. My contract was not renewed at this TV station I was working at at the time, and so the six months off that I had was a chance to really look in the mirror and do some self reflecting and really realize what I had done that we had both really left our you know our marriage um, on the cutting room floor and we're going full steam ahead with our careers so Dominic was doing adjusting and and really trying to work on a marriage and, and then I realized during that six months thank God I had to work on the marriage too but I wasn't sure where God wanted me if he wanted me to stay home and have children or if he wanted me to go up into the workforce so I just I just said a prayer after about six months of frustration and not knowing what to do professionally I just looked at the crucifix that still hangs in our bedroom in this very same place. And I said, okay, uncle, I don't know what to do. If you're the God I met when I made my first Holy communion, give me some idea. Let me know what you want, whatever you want. You know, here I am, I've come to do your will. And within about two weeks after saying that prayer, I received a call from the ABC affiliate, the big station. And uh, they hired me to be a reporter uh, on, on camera, big uh, general assignment reporter with a lot of um, investigative reporting. And before I took the job, Dominic and I sat down and I said, I don't know if this is God. Should I take this job? And he says, well, no. He says, I think God wants you back in the media to use you in a certain way. So at that point, over the six-month period, we're healing our marriage. We're getting back to, to church. Things are happening so quickly faith-wise. We're just really on fire. We go to the Holy Land for the first time in 1995. That just opens up our minds and our hearts. All these things are happening. I'm on the big station. I'm covering the big stories. And I'm thinking, this is it. We've healed our marriage. We're back in the church. Let's rock and roll for Jesus. And then within, I would say, about two years of having that job, which was the you know epitome of, of broadcasting because it's still a top station in the Midwest and allowed me to do some network reporting as well and a few stories here and there for ABC News, I've noticed that I wasn't really happy. And I was looking around and I was sensing that there was something wrong. See, I was growing in my faith and the Lord was opening my eyes to the culture and things that were happening around me. I noticed the bias, the sensationalism, the if it bleeds, it leads. And the bias was bad then, nothing compared to what it is now, but it was bad then. And I felt like a fish out of water for the first time in my near 20 year career. And it was so strange to me because I'd never done anything else. And I was on radio and TV in college and high school. So I'd been doing this forever. And I always felt so comfortable in the newsrooms. That's where I grew up basically. And so one night I came home and I was very frustrated because I couldn't understand why I wasn't really fulfilled, even though I had this great position, I was back in the faith, I wasn't fulfilled professionally. And so I cried out to God as I was making my salad and chopping the cucumbers. You know, we Italians were very loud and we always nice. you know, get the hands going and everything and you know, want some cheese with that wine. So I just let it out. I said, I don't get this. You know, I've turned my life around. I've come back to the church. My husband and I are working on our marriage. We're you know, back in our parish. Why am I not happy at this job? You put me back here on this big station. I thought this is where you, know, you wanted me to bloom where you planted me. So after I got it out, I just sat, you know, sat down, you know, with, put the dinner on the table waiting for Don to come home. And all of a sudden I heard what felt like an audible voice. I can't use you in the secular media anymore. And, and it was just startling to me because it was that it was that profound that I just felt in my heart that God was trying to tell me that I'm going to move you into a different direction. But it took me a good, I would say, let's say from that point, a good four years, three or four years to really listen to God, because there were other signs along the way that he was giving me that he was going to take me out of the secular media and bring me into a whole nother area of media I didn't even know existed at the time. 
and I fought it. So I, I get it when people are, are confused and they're not sure. That's why being in prayer and constantly going back to God and asking over and over again, here I am, I've come to do your will. What do you want me to do? That's why it's so important. So finally, after about um, three and a half years, I, I left the television station and I thought, well, I'll go back into radio. There was an opening at one of the local radio stations. I took a job as a news director and I thought, you know, back in radio, it'll be fine. I can write my own copy. I can have more control. But the same things that were happening in the TV news business with big conglomerates taking over was happening in radio where the top management was really controlling things and, and pushing a lot more sexually oriented content, you know, shock jock type of stuff on the air. And I was reduced to doing like two minutes of news an hour. And I just realized, okay, you know, I, I'm not being used properly. I'm, I'm not happy here. And so um, I went to my general manager and they offered me a buyout and I took it. And I never looked back. That was in the year 2000. I had no idea what I was going to do. I did not have a job. I, and I went to my husband before I made a decision. He said, I, I just want you to be happy. Whatever God wants you to do, you want to take some time off. You don't want to go, whatever. So I, I did. I just walked away and I felt such peace, even though I had no idea what the next day was going to bring. But I just felt I really was turning it over to God again. And I just knew being what, you know, what we went through with our marriage that he was going to be there for us. Within two weeks of walking away, I got a call from the local evangelical station. I knew the program director there. He, he were involved in a Christian media group, myself, Al Cresta, a few other people. And he offered me a midday talk show on the evangelical station. It was the same station that Al Cresta worked before he reverted, came back to the church and then started Ave Maria Radio. And so for two years, I had a midday talk show called Christian Talk with Teresa Tamio. And it was great. I was reintroduced to the Christian audience. And there were a lot of Catholics in the audience because we didn't have Catholic radio yet. Al was working on it with Tom Monaghan. And it was a great experience in terms of really helping me answer fallen away Catholics questions who had turned into, let's say, there are many Catholics who don't learn their faith and then get pulled away and become anti-Catholic fundamentalists. And so I learned how to, in those two years, to defend the faith from scripture. It was a very interesting experience. And it wasn't the evangelicals in terms of the people raised in an evangelical church that were attacking me. It was the former Catholics who didn't know their faith and thought that they had all this new information about the church. And so I was really forced to dig in, even though I knew a lot about scripture because Dominic and I had been in Bible study for a couple of years. It really was excellent training. When you look back in your life, and this is the other way God speaks to you. If you look back in your life and you can see what happens, you know, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. Every area of my life, and this is true for anybody. If you if you take an honest look at it, God is going to use the experience that you've had for what he has planned for you, the, even if it's the good, the bad and the ugly, all, all the above, he'll use it. So those two years combined with nearly 20 years on the air, great preparation for being a Catholic talk show host. And within two years, um, Al Cresta called me and said, hey, T. We're starting a, you know, a, a, a morning radio show, Catholic radio had just gotten on the air, and we'd love for you to join us. And that was uh, November of 2002, and this year it'll be, what, 19 years that I'm on Catholic Connection. Within five years of going on Ave Maria Radio, both Al and I got syndicated on the network. So, and, and then once I got on Catholic Radio, a whole new world opened up to me that I didn't even know existed. And the books came and, you know, it was a constant, it's step by step. It doesn't happen all at once. God doesn't show you the whole picture. Okay, here's your life now. And here's your life, you know, 10 years from now. It's a journey. So you take that step and you build on that. And if, if you would have told me when I started at Catholic Radio and we only had three or four affiliates in Michigan, 
that I would be across the country and around the world, I probably would have freaked out. Because even though I was an experienced broadcaster, that's still pretty daunting to realize that you're going to be syndicated and around the country and around the world. But, you know, here we are almost 20 years later. So that's my God. life and I, my life story, and I'm sticking to it. It's kind of a I summary of, of my reversion. Teresa, I, I, there's so much there, and I just want to just comment on one thing. You know, God is speaking to all of us constantly. The difference with you, I think, is you were open. You see, what's that old saying? I am the potter and you are the clay. Right. Mm -hmm. No one's perfect. None of us. And we're all a work in progress. But the idea is to have that openness of heart. And you had it. And that's why you moved along. I think that's what stops a lot of people. Because when God does speak to them, and he does, they don't have that openness. It's so important to have it. Um, right. Because ultimately, God is working for that greater good to bring us to him and to use our gifts and talents for the greater glory of God while we're here on earth. And that's, you know, we're all, we're all in that boat, but right? He's speaking to everyone and you listened and I did eventually, but I didn't listen right away. That's why I spent like three years in the desert and, and working in, in radio and, and wondering where I belong because part of it, let's be honest with me, I, I didn't know how to, I thought I didn't know how to do anything else because I was trained as a news reporter and I was still doing news at this radio station and interviewing at a public affairs show on the weekend. So that was my genre. That's what I did. And I thought I, I couldn't do anything else. I didn't see how God could take those talents and use them differently. It, it took some more soul searching and it took a while. You know, I'm half Calabrese and the other half is, you know, from Campania and Basilicata. So I'm very thick headed. Um, uh, Gabados is the yes, correct exactly, term. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it, it took me a while. So I get it when people don't understand it right away, what God's trying to do. It's tough because you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. And it can be scary for me. I mean, we lost half of a um, half income and Dominic was still making a good salary, but, you know, I was making really good money in secular media. And so, you know, we basically, we took a financial hit, but we weren't quote unquote, thanks be to God, um, you know, struggling because Dominic still had a good, a good income. So there was, there was some sacrifice there, but the bigger thing is, is that I wouldn't let go. I didn't want to let go of the limelight. And, and I thought that, well, how could anything be better than being on this big TV station? You know, this is where I wanted to be. I, I you know, it was a professional goal of mine to make it to a big, you know, network affiliate. Um, and I did, and I, I couldn't understand it. So I, I blocked God out for a while. It took more searching and suffering for me to really listen to what he was trying to do. And it's a process. It's most people, as you said, we're all fallen, we're all broken. And most of us are, you know, not going to be the Teresa of Avila types, uh, you know, uh, those types where they're, they're constantly in this great connection with God. I mean, it takes, it takes a lot of work, but eventually I was open. Now I, I, I know better, even though I'm still stubborn, I'm like, okay, um, you know, whatever happens, God's going to see us through it and he'll use, he'll use it to hit for his glory and benefit. One, one thing that I, uh, that Joe and I came across was, and it speaks to what you're saying and the, and one thing that Joe and I always emphasize on our show. And by the way, you're listening to the frontline with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic network. And we are talking with Teresa Tamio. Teresa, you said, uh, quote, God is not silent. He is constantly reaching out to us. Often his voice is quiet and can be heard only in prayer. You said mm -hmm. more than that, but I want to focus on that. Okay. In those times of struggle, in those times where you maybe 
you you don't know what God wants for your life. I, emphasis, because one of the things Joe and I are trying to do is start a men's rosary. In fact, right. it's already started. So once a month, first Saturday a month in front of a number of different parishes where men are starting to pray the rosary. Even if you have, like I would say, and Joe would say, even if you're having these, let's say for I would say doubts, or you don't know which way God wants you to go, emphasize to our audience, Teresa, the need to at least say, at least say, let me pray. God will speak and trust because you had to have a tremendous amount of trust when you, you know, in God, when you took that risk to leave the one station, right? That took a tremendous amount of trust, which you could not possibly have had if you weren't engaging God in prayer, right? Asking what to do. Emphasize that please for our audience. Well, I think that that's a, that's a great point. And I think what has to happen is, and this is why one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways He Speaks to Us, is because we've all had those 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 God winks, right? Or those God incidences in our life where uh, we look back on our life and we realize God has blessed us, something, even if it's just something small, those little God winks. But then also, if we're in a relationship with Christ, we're there because God has helped us grow. He, he has answered our prayers. We have come into a relationship with him. But when we hit a drop spell or a rough spot we sometimes forget now in the old testament talks about you know, moses speaking to joshua remember what the lord has done and so what what was able to help me move on was the fact that i looked back and i said oh wow the lord literally saved my my life my soul and my marriage that in itself would have been enough and so whenever crazy things happen or you hit a wall or you're not sure you remember what god has done and you just keep going back and, and because you, you it, 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 again, it's a process. And so to, to hear from God, and even in prayer, if you feel God is silent, he probably is still speaking to you, only maybe in ways that you're not noticing. Uh, how about a friend who comes up to you and offers to take you out for a cup of coffee when you need it most? How about you're in mass and the reading that you're hearing, whether it's the responsorial psalm, the first reading, the second reading, the gospel, and it hits you and you have a, a moment where you really appreciate that. God is reaching out to us all the time. It's just that sometimes when we're in our darkest times, we don't recognize it. So it's important to keep going back to the well, keep going back. And, you know, I, I was saying yesterday on the air, I was interviewing a, a wonderful speaker, my friend Marge Fenelon. And she was she wrote a beautiful article about, you know, Lent and how do we how do we get over Lenten fatigue? And I said, you know, after my mom died last year, the I was just so emotionally drained with everything that was going on with COVID and all the thing, hoops we had to jump through to even get her, her buried. It was just crazy. And I went to adoration and I just sat there and said, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know what to say. I'm just here. You know, I love you. Use me, whatever. But I'm just going to sit here and shut up because I am drained. And, and it was a very honest prayer. And, and that's okay. God knows it's on your heart anyway. So I think the bottom line is um, it does take trust, but it takes going back, going back, going back, going back, going back, repeatedly reaching out to the Lord. You know, that 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 whole prayer of I got nothing, I think mm -hmm. that's a great prayer because I think God meets us when we come to the end of ourselves. Mm -hmm. See, we all have ideas, you know, especially people who've been given gifts. Um, you know, you have ideas and plans. But when you come to the end of yourself, it's God that's there. Yep. He's waiting. And that's when the voice you start hearing when we have to respond. Another thing you said I wanted to just touch on, because I think it's so like real is, you know, Teresa, I, we love you and we, you're so easy to talk to. And I guarantee you, even before you came back into the church, you were a good person. I didn't know you. I'll make that bet. 
the point is the devil knows our weaknesses. You yeah. talked about the money was good. You're a good person. There's no mm -hmm. question in my mind. I right. bet you were good before you were in the church, but he knows our weaknesses and he takes them and expands them. And that's why we have to stay close. It's a reliance. It's an acknowledgement that you are God and I am not. Right. We have a couple minutes, actually. Yeah, we got yeah, Teresa. Uh, comment on that, and then we have to pick it up on the other side of the break. We got about two minutes. Yeah, well, I think it was it was the money, but the, my my real Achilles heel was was being um, you know using my talents as a broadcaster. I love to write, I love to cover news, and I really loved what I did. I mean, it was it was home to me. It just felt like breathing. Um, even today, doing a talk show is is like a, just a natural extension of myself. And so the devil knew that, and he played on my on my weaknesses to to get in the back of my head and say, you know oh, well, what are you going to do? Nobody's going to recognize you anymore. And, oh, you know, you're going to be a nobody. And, oh, and blah, blah, blah. And all these, all these things, well, weren't you, you know, all that in a bag of chips, at least for a short period of time. And all those negative thoughts that, you know, can overcome you if you don't keep going back. And, and, and it's frightening. You, you don't know, but you keep going back. And I think also for me, you keep going back to Jesus and you keep looking back at what he has done in your life to not forget you know, like some of the lepers, what was it, the nine lepers who, who walked away without thanking God and the one thanked Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And I just keep, I just keep thanking him. I thank him for big things. I thank him for little things. Every time I see Dominic on the altar, it's like, how did this happen? My husband is a deacon now for, well, he was ordained in 2012. So what's that? Nine years already. Wow. It's gone by fast. And when you know our story, and then when you see him, you know, up there at the mass, reading the gospel, it's just, whoa, it's a God thing. And so God can do so much in your life if you let him, but he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. So we need to keep going back. And that's why programs like this and why Catholic radio is so important to help us get into the habit of going back repeatedly to the Lord. Absolutely. So you're at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosinello, and we are having a great conversation with our good friend Teresa Tamio discussing her new book, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us, which is published by Sophia Institute Press. You're listening to us on uh, the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. So stick around. We're going to take uh, just a couple seconds to go to a break, and we're going to pick this up on the other side. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic Radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith, families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and His Church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello, and we are way in the breach with Teresa Tamio on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the app, Veritas Catholic Network app, so that you can have access to all of our station's content, and please follow Joe and I on YouTube and Facebook, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. So we are talking to Teresa Tamio about her new book, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to us, which is published by Sophia Institute Press. Teresa, in the book, um, you shared a couple stories um, about Catholics and, uh, you know, that um, memorable stories that you document telling their stories, how God spoke to them. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to our audience a little bit about that, because a lot of times people need concrete examples, you know, well, sure. 
So, and you provide that in the book. So let, let's have a couple of those. I, I'm glad you, you asked me that because the, what I wanted to do with this book, and it's, it's happening, it really is, is I want people to read the stories and not just walk away and say, oh, isn't that sweet? That's very special. Isn't that moving? So at the end of each chapter, and there are contributors from all walks of life, we have a lot of well-known folks in, in Catholic media, including Al Cresta, Steve Ray, Joan Lewis, Kelly Walquist, many others. Um, but at the end of each chapter, they each give a quote from a saint words of wisdom, their own words of wisdom, and then reflection questions, because they want people, you know, to think. And the examples are, are all over the place in terms of they could be very serious about a woman who had an experience with Eucharist while she was giving birth to her fifth child, where the child was going to be a breech birth. And out of the blue, some woman comes in as she's in labor and says, would you like to receive Jesus? Still doesn't know how the woman got into the room. And the minute she received the Eucharist on her tongue, the baby literally flipped over into the position. So there's powerful stories like that. There's um, very sweet stories, for example, Al Cresta uh, having an affirmation of something he wanted to get back into, a talent that he has that a lot of people don't know about. And I don't want to give it away because it's so sweet what happened, but it's, it's a softer story about God giving him encouragement to do something that helps him relax. And it's another gift he has that he hadn't used in a while. And so his kids were encouraging him to do this. And he just happened out of the blue to bump into an old listener of his when he was in evangelical radio saying, I was just thinking about, you know, wondering if you're doing this. And he was actually on his way to do something that was going to cement him getting back into this beautiful, um, I would say, habit or hobby of his that really is very expressive and is also tied in with faith. So and then I have stories of um, experiences with angels. I have two angel stories in there. A uh, story of mine with the Eucharist, uh, a story of mine with many stories of the saints, because I love our saints, especially St. Teresa of Avila. So these are concrete examples of how God has spoken to people. And, and the speaking is happening differently. It could be through Al's case, another person. It could be through, let's say, someone who is, um, you know, part of that great cloud of witnesses as a saint, or we know scripture is very clear that there are angels among us, right? It's right. it's in scripture, both the Old and New Testament. And so what does that look like if you think you may have had an angel encounter? So all these different experiences and what's happening, I noticed this when I just did this, this parish mission, I was telling you recently in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that a beautiful Catholic parish, St. Joseph's, which was great because it was a month in the week of St. Joseph. After every night, people were coming up to me and saying, I think I had a Godsidence or a God wink. We say Godsidence, it's not just a coincidence, it's a Godsidence, God moving into your life. And they would explain something to me and I'd say, bingo, you get it, that's it. So write it down. So again, uh, this whole idea of really uh, connecting with God and the examples are people from all different walks of life. In addition to people well-known, uh, we have people who are doing great things uh, in the domestic church, great things in the local parish church, but people who have different experiences. Some are well-known, some are you know, just every day, you know, just living their lives and, and for the Lord. So that's why I think the book is so unique because there's so many different stories and everyone will recognize, I guarantee, an instance in your life with one of these contributors. And, and I just want to comment on that and then we'll move it along, is that I think it's so important, Teresa, because a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this too, especially in my reversion back to the faith, was, you know, God is, we're not Moses. And if God wanted to, he can speak to us in the burning bush, but odds are we need to be Isaiah. We need to listen for, we can't look for God in the fire or God in the wind. Okay, we have to listen. We have to listen for that little voice. That's why your your book is so important and try to emphasize that to people. Don't look for God in the burning bush. 
Look for God in the, in in that in that soft voice because He is speak. That is Him, and He is speaking to you. Go ahead. And and, and to, to basically piggyback on that because like we're in the culture, we're in the world, um, and we're supposed to live our life as Christ asked us to. I call those moments, and I agree with you 100%, and I'm glad you document them. I call them almost like transfiguration moments where right. we go up the mountain and we see something. It is good on- that we are here, right. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know something? This is the tendency of all of us because we're human. I'll just speak for me. We want to stay there. Got to go back down, Joe. God opened your eyes. Get back down. And that's the thing. I think we have that tendency for comfort. But as we always say on our show, we're not made for comfort. We're made for greatness. We're not. There's a time where we'll have comfort, and that's in our heavenly home. We hear that, but then we have to go back down, and we have to basically communicate that. Talk a little bit about that, Teresa. Well, how many times have we heard when when we have the uh, gospel of the transfiguration, uh, a good homilist will say this was was Jesus giving you know the apostles a, a really beautiful moment, a glimpse of of heaven and, and the afterlife, and, and a glimpse of, of of the Lord's glory. So they could go on with their mission and so they can recall what happened on the mountain. You know, was it St. Peter who said, let's, you know, set up three tents and let's, let's stay here. Uh, and then, of course, as you know, they go down and then and then they have to go into Jerusalem and, and then everything happens there with the, with the passion and, and so on and so forth. So I, I think it's it's really important for us to be able to call recall those moments, to recall those those moments when we've had the transfiguration moments. And to remember, wow, God really is um, glorified. But I do think that sometimes he does speak to us uh, also in the burning bushes. Every once in a while, we will have those powerful moments. They won't be maybe obviously as powerful as, as you know, God literally talking to Moses and having this relationship with the cloud and in the desert and, and the Ten Commandments and whatnot. But you can have some pretty powerful moments as I did. Uh, and, and I know many people did because, you know, the book speaks to it. And there were so many that I didn't include. We had to end it at some point. And so it's it, don't put God in a box because God will speak to us in all kinds of different ways. Because every week at the mass, we, we say, I believe in God, you know, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Do we really believe that? Because if we're saying he's the God of everything, he's the Alpha and the Omega, he can use everything at his disposal. He uses nature. He uses scripture, obviously, the word, his word, his love letter. He uses other people. He uses angels. He uses music. I I told you guys the last time when I was on that adorable story, which was just, I mean, really powerful, even though it was a fun moment, how, you know, after this beautiful day uh, in in Italy on my 60th birthday, we're at the same restaurant we were my 50th. and, And there was a song that came up, you know, 10 years before that became our song. It was a Frankie Valley song. And after we had dinner, uh, you know, on my 60th birthday in the same spot, went into the restaurant and there was a disc jockey playing. And I said, boy, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be a great way to wrap this up if we could just hear, you know, um, you're just too good to be true. The minute the words came out of my mouth, the song started to play. Now, some people could call that a coincidence, but I highly doubt it. God put it on that disc jockey's heart to play that song just for us. Just like when you're opening your Magnificat or your Word Among Us, God is, is you're looking at the readings, you're like, that can't be. That can't be. He switched the readings for me today because it's so specific to your need. That is God speaking to us. And sometimes it's really big. Most of the time, as you said, it's it's not. It's going to be in that still small voice. It's going to be in the reading. It's going to be in another person. But, you know, sometimes if God wants to get your attention, he may give you that, you know, burning bush moment, maybe in a different form, but you're going to really say, okay, I get it. All right. I get it. You're God and I'm not. 
Awesome. Teresa, we're going to get to a number of different things, uh, but I do want to right now uh, ask you to tell our audience about the online event you have coming up April 16th to 18th. What's that all about? Uh, what, 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 you know, what are you looking to, uh, what's your goal with that? Well, to, to actually build on, you know, conversations like we're having here, because people will, will get some real great instruction in addition to the books that they're reading the book and they can follow it. We have uh, all the contributors in the book are going to be partaking. Then we have a number of, of uh, different priests and other big speakers that are coming on. Father Mitch Pacwa, Father Chris Alar. We've got Jeff Caven. So let's see who else is joining us. Uh, Mike Aquilina, Steve Ray, a number of amazing people who are going to pick up on the theme in the book and talk about how do we listen for God more um, effectively in scripture? How do we listen for God through the sacraments? One of my friends um, is an artist and she's going to be speaking about listening to God through art. She's an iconographer. So there's going to be all different ways for people to really get these lessons of how to listen for God. We've got right now, I think 50 speakers. So you can listen free the actual weekend, April 16th to 18th. And the, the website is listeningforgodconference.com. You can register and you guys are going to have a link on it. Uh, I know on your um, link to the show, but it really is about taking this further. So people will get into the daily habit of listening for God, not just, you know, waiting for those big moments where we want him to drop a sign down in the middle of the road. I mean, having a relationship with God means anticipating that he's going to speak. That's why it's listening for God, not listening to God. Obviously we have to listen to God, but listening for God gives you a sense of you're, you're in tune, you're anticipating how God is going to listen to you. So this is going to be a very practical conference on how to do that more regularly in your life and get into the habit of listening for God. So it's April 16th through the 18th, listeningforgodconference.com. Excellent. Teresa, you know, because you mentioned practical, Joe and I basically, we're regular guys and we try to communicate uh, the faith um, and the truths of the church in a regular way. I mean, we're not academics. We're just normal people trying to be Catholic, actually, to the best of our ability through the grace of the Holy Spirit. But I think the problem in the culture, and I think this is something we're all facing, is noise. Mm -hmm. If to overcome, I think that's the biggest obstacle Joe and I speak about. It's the noise. The culture is so loud and we are so busy. How do we, regular people, how do regular people, rich and poor, you know, simple and sophisticated, I think everyone's faced with this dilemma. How do we overcome that? to hear that small voice, because I do think it requires a little bit of discipline. It I does. think it requires a little bit of like structure in your day. Like I'm going to say at this time of the day, everything stops. Talk about that. Cause I'm sure you and your husband do that. Let me, let me throw in just to my two cents, one second, just to piggyback on that. You could comment that, but we have to remind people also sitting alone, isolating yourself from other human beings while you're not saying a word or listening to anything, but you got your face buried in something completely distracting. That's noise too. Right. Those people right. think of noise as literal noise. That's noise too. So I just wanted to say we need to address that a little bit because this 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 isolation uh, that that's 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 developing or has developed in our culture because right. of the easy access to information. So throw that in there too, if you don't mind, Paisan. Yeah, I think it's it's the busyness, as you mentioned. You could be off by yourself doing something, and you may not be watching television, but you're you know always keeping busy, and you can't just sit. Uh, and when I gave my presentation, that my recent parish mission, I came across an article, really cool article that was on Bishop Barron's website, and it was an interview with a therapist. And the therapist says that what she does, the prescription she has for everyone that comes to her right out of the bat is she prescribes 
30 minutes of daily silence with no TV, no radio, no phone, 30 minutes of silence of just sitting and being quiet. Because what she's trying to get her clients into the habit of doing, because most of the problems that people have is because they're not listening to the other person and their family, whatever the, you know, the family dynamic is a domestic struggle. And she says, once they can learn how to be silent and how to listen, that's when things can really start to change. It's the same thing with our relationship with the Lord. If we're not silencing ourselves, turning off the media and just sitting, even if, 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 as I said in the beginning of the interview, when I went to adoration last year after my mom died and I just said, I got nothing and just sat there, just sitting there with God by yourself and just letting him just love you and, and just, you know, um, put his rays out, you know, from the Eucharist, or even if you can't get to, to adoration, just to, to sit home in a quiet spot and pray. And it's very difficult for people because the latest statistics from 2019 from Nielsen actually show that we are now, adults are now listening to 11 or involved in 11 hours of media a day. 11 hours of media a day. And a good portion of that, about half of that, maybe a little bit more is watching television. And this is, you know, I, I know people have to be online. Many people are working from home. We're not talking about that. These stats are pre-COVID stats. So the stats are looking at folks' involvement outside of work. So watching TV, the first thing we get up in the morning, we put on the television, we get in the car, we put on the radio, we check our phones, you know, we get to work, we've got our headset in if we're listening to something. So we don't allow ourselves quiet. And, and a lot of it is because we're just not used to it. We go into our society and there's noise everywhere. There's cable news at the gas station for crying out loud. There's, you know, um, monitors at the gas station now. And my husband's uh, building where he used to work, they had uh, cable news in the elevator in, in, in his skyscraper yeah, yeah. where he worked. I mean, who needs that? Come on. So we need to really silence ourselves and just to sit. And I think in some ways we're afraid of silence because we don't want to hear what God has to say. I'm glad you said that because that was my next question. Yep. I think that is the obstacle. I've actually, a friend, one of my roommates from college actually said that to me and he's incredibly successful. As yeah. a, and, and, and he said that to me, you would think, what are you afraid of? He was basically like, I, silence scares me. Yeah. Because it, it's what it does is it, it conf you're confronted with yourself, right? Because God's always calling us. He loves us, right? You know, like it, what the, I think uh, the obstacle is people have to get over the fact God is not to, here to take from you. He's here to give to you. And they're afraid. And I think in hearing that voice, they're afraid to change or like change makes us grow. Change is good. But those are the obstacles to that silence. And I think we got to speak, you know, as it is. And I'm, I think we need silence, but we have to also look at what's stopping people from it. Right. And you hit it right on the head. As you said that, I was like, I was just going to say that. I swear. Well, That's I think saying. also that for me, for example, I always thought the devil that I knew was better than the devil that I didn't know. So I didn't understand that there could be a better life for me than just doing secular news reporting. I mean, I'm still reporting. I'm reporting differently, but I'm still reporting. And, and God is still using those gifts. God is not going to waste a, a dear Protestant friend of mine, a wonderful Protestant pastor that I knew for many years, uh, Pastor Clark, you know, did a lot of fundraisers together. And he would say, Teresa, God never wastes his time. So anything that you go through, he's going to use. And he'll use it in ways that we can't even imagine. And, you know, I, 
in my parish mission, I highlighted some people who just kept taking steps toward God. Mother Angelica is a great example. She didn't know the entire picture. She felt the call from the Lord to start a Catholic network in the Baptist, the, the Bible Belt, right? I mean, in Alabama, for crying out loud, where does that come from? And so all these miraculous things that happened step by step, how she got the first satellite dish, that story is incredible. All these things that happened to her. And now EWTN, with all of the radio affiliates, including Veritas, is the largest religious media organization in the world. So how does that happen? It happens by listening. Mother Angelica was a poor Claire. So obviously the poor Claire spent a lot of time in prayer and adoration. So she was able to clearly discern the voice of God. And so that silence and eliminating the noise is going to help us recognize. And I want to bring up another point that you said, because we tend to be fearful of what God is going to do for us. Because we think that our plans are the best plans. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. But we put God in a box and we say, okay, because I did, I'm speaking for myself. Okay, here's my plan. This is what I want to do. And if you could just put your stamp on it, we can be besties and I'll go to mass and blah, 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 and go to confession once a year. But God wants to do great things through us. St. Teresa of Avila says that, that we, and I, I can't have the quote in front of me, but that we have no idea what God and how big God is and what God will do if we just allow him to do it. I mean, if you would have told me, I think I said this on the last interview, you know, 25, 30 years ago, that I would be on, you know, when you, when you say the numbers, when you're reading my bio, it just blows me away. Cause I, I can't even believe that that, you know, God is using me on the airwaves this way. Uh, it's not anything that I did. It's just that I opened myself up and finally said, yes, but think about that. You know, several hundred radio stations across the continent. We're on Sirius Satellite. We're around the world in 350 homes. You know, I still have Catholic View for Women on EWTN. I'm still trying to use my, my gifts, you know, for broadcasting and speaking. I never had any idea that I could do any of this. I never thought about being a talk show host. I, I, I didn't know that those skills could be transferred that way. I never thought about it. I was trained as a journalist. I was trained as a news reporter. What I didn't realize when I was going through all of that the fact that I was on the the uh, the streets as a reporter five days a week going live three, four or five times a day, the gifts that I gained and the ability to think off the top of my head, to respond when I got into a situation, to recall a lot of information because I was forced to, because I would show up at a police scene and they'd be putting the mask up and I'd have to go live 10 minutes later. So I had to very quickly look around, assess the situation, take notes, talk to a few people, and then boom, go on the air without any script. It was just all in my head. So all of that training was invaluable for what I'm doing now. So doing two hours a day, which flies by, people say, how do you talk for two hours a day? Well, don't ask my husband. He'll tell you how I talk for two hours a day. <laughs> He'll tell you I talk nonstop. But so we put God in a box and you know we tend to, as St. Teresa of Avila says, limit God to our faults, our desires, what we think we can do when God has such a bigger plan. And what, one more point I want to make is we forget we always say, yes, we are the church militant and we're, we're looking forward to the church triumphant, but God doesn't want us to live in misery all the time. You know, he doesn't like suffering. He didn't, you know, bring suffering on. It came through, through free will and bad choices of, of, of the human person. And if we look at the cross, especially, you know, now that we're still in this season, if we look at the crucifix, do you really think that someone who did that for you and for me is going to sell us short in terms of our happiness? Who does that? You talk about humility, God coming down on earth as an innocent child in a very poor family, being placed in a manger for us to feed, right? And then dying on a cross, one of the most humiliating, painful ways to die. 
And we think that he's going to limit our happiness and our joy. John 10, 10, I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Now I know that many scripture scholars say that means that they're talking about heaven. I agree. But I also think that God loves us so much. He wants us to have real joy here on earth as well, because he gave us this beautiful planet to enjoy and to, you know, look around and say, wow, look what God did. Look at his creativity. Look at his beauty. Imagine what he has in store for us. So we tend to think that it's going to be bad or limiting. We let go and that God, and it's just the opposite. You know, Teresa, it's about getting out of the boat. And yep. That's what you're talking about. I just about. said that. I, <laughs> I had a, a PowerPoint that said, if you want to walk on water, get out of the boat. That's it. You got to do it. And, and, yeah. and we talk about that all the time. And, you know, it takes time. And, and the more you try to do that in your life, in those baby steps, you'll gain confidence. Um, you know, and, and before you know it, you're taking steps that you can never believe. You'll never believe where God will take you. That's yep. everybody. You know, someone could listen to us. They could say, you know, Joe and Joe, you're on the radio. Teresa, you're all over the world. You're doing this, you're doing that. But that's everybody. Maybe not right. in that same vein, but in your community. You know, that's what the saints teach us. The saints come in all shapes and sizes. We're all called to be saints Everybody yep. who's baptized and all we have to do is trust God. And before you know it, you'll be doing something you can't even believe. Steve Lee, who started this station, he's working on Wall Street. Yep. Went to a great college, doing good things. All of a sudden, boom, he takes a step. You know, like everybody can do that in their yep. own life. And that's why stories like this in your book are great. Because they motivate people. They inspire people. People need inspiration. We all do. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, Teresa, we only have a few minutes left, okay? Um, and I do want to give you time for some final thoughts and just to let our audience know where they can buy mm -hmm. the book and everything else. But uh, in about, about three or four minutes, we're talking about slowing down. We're talking about listening for God. Um, I need help with this, so you're talking to me too on this one, okay? Lectio Divina, okay? Yep. Explain that to people, how it works, why it's important, how it, how it facilitates our taking that step back and just, you know, throwing out the noise and listening for God's voice. Yeah, that, this is probably, I think, one of the most effective tools. And we're going to be talking about this in the conference, um, Lexio Divina, hearing from God through Lexio Divina, hearing from God in the rosary, listening for God in the rosary. So Lexio Divina just means a divine reading. So my spiritual director told me about this years and years ago. And for me, it's very effective because I'm a very visual person. And because I've been to the Holy Land a number of times and to Italy a number of times, and because of my background in TV, and as I just mentioned, having to sum up scenes and really keeping things in my memory, it's, that's a very helpful tool where what you do is you take a, a passage from scripture and then you ask the Holy Spirit and you should do ask the Holy Spirit for guidance every time you open the Bible. What, okay, what do you want me to see in this particular verse? But then you place yourself there. You silence yourself and maybe you're someone in the background when Jesus is having the com a conversation with the woman at the well. And what Lexio Divina does is, is you're trying to imagine the scene. You're imagining the Lord, what he looks like. You're imagining the senses, the smells, the sights. And it just gives you a completely different experience of reflection on what was happening at the time. And so it's it's really quite beautiful. And you, and you can come away with a new take on scripture. It always amazes me as long as I've been reading um, the Bible and studying it for probably, now I, I'm not in a formal Bible study, but I try to read scripture every day, especially the daily mass readings. It amazes me how something I've read 
maybe a hundred times. The next time I read it, if I quiet myself and allow for that divine reading, I'm learning something new. So it's a great step to just take, I know, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to go to the, the fourth chapter of John's gospel and look at these different scenes, or I'm going to go to the Eucharistic discourse in John six or, or, or something, you know, maybe in the book of Acts, who knows what, you know, with the apostles, just, just pick something and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to try to imagine what it was like. And I'm going to envision, I want you to help me see something. It's a very, very beautiful step that's been with us for centuries. And it's one of the great tools of, of, you know, the great teachers in the faith. So Lexio Divina, divine reading, very helpful. One more topic before we uh, basically talk a, a little bit about what you're doing, particularly your trips to Italy. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be interested in that as well. Um, you mentioned, you know, that it was God that saved your marriage. And I'm a firm believer in praying with my wife, the rosary. I think this is something that I think affects us all in this society, the attack on marriage and the importance of basically living a sacramental marriage. Um, talk a little bit about that because, you know, John Paul II has spoken about that. I mean, this, as the society go, as the, as the family goes, so does the society. I think our world would be so much better if we basically put God back in our marriages, God back in our families. Talk about that. Cause I think that's so practical and it's so important. Well, I, I think um, for us, that's how we really came back to the church was was through putting God in the center, and it began for us with Scripture. And so once we started to really grow in our faith in that Scripture study, and we're reading Scripture together, that led to other things. That led to us getting more involved in the parish because we recognized the Catholic Church and Scripture. That led to us going to our first trip to the Holy Land, which put us on a whole nother uh, trajectory in terms of diving into our faith more deeply. So when you bring God into the heart of the home, uh, it can be it can start with making sure that the family is seeing a, a serious grace before meals. And that means the kids don't come to the table with a laptop or with their headset or with their phone. You don't answer the phone during dinner. You don't have your phone during dinner and you pray together before the meal. Uh, it also means maybe you have a, this is what Deacon Dom and I have been doing forever. And we did it this morning and I got up early because I knew I had this interview with you. Um, and we actually sat down and did the readings and, uh, you know, for the mass of the day. And we talk about it. And I use on my own, I use the Magnificat. Of course, he's a deacon. So he does the uh, Liturgy of the Hours, which everyone can do, but he's required to do that. And then we come together and we use the word among us. And then we do the reflection together. And so when you get into that habit of having scripture every day, it really sets the tone um, for your relationship and for your attitude toward, toward each other because you're learning more about God. And I also think in terms of the family, I really believe in, in sacramentals in two ways. I believe in, in sacramentals and bringing in, going to adoration as a family, going to mass as a family, but also those holy reminders that Mother Angelica always talks about. I mean, I know that, that this is audio, but if, if our listeners could see my office, I mean, what's behind me? <laughs> I mean, it looks like you guys know all the pictures that I have there. Mm -hmm. I have Jesus walking on the water. I have St. Catherine of Siena. I don't know if you could see there's St. Catherine. And over here, we've got St. Teresa of Avila. And then I've got um, St. Teresa and I've got um, Damascus Road. And then I've got something from Galigantu uh, in the uh, the church in, um, in the Holy Land. So you know, these, these sacramentals in my office, if you could see, I've got all these statues of my favorite saints and these images, because it, it really is very, very important to have those images and to remind us constantly of our faith. We just ordered a beautiful picture of St. Joseph because of the year of St. Joseph that we have hanging. And so all those things are reminders. And I'm telling you right now, if you have an image of our Lord or our lady, we have a giant statue of our lady of Guadalupe. 
uh, it was a gift from Ave Maria Radio from to me. Um, and I put it above our, our shelf and our family when we're a TV is when you have the blessed mother looking at you, it's going to make a difference in terms of what you watch <laughs> on television. So I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Teresa. We, we have to leave it there. Um, and um, I'm going to post all your links um, on our Facebook and YouTube page and on Veritas Catholic Network. So for her travel, Italy and everything else you're doing. And we're also going to promote the, uh, the online event. Yeah, we've got, remember, we've got that trip coming up for couples October 8th through the 16th, Tuscany and Rome. So I'll give you a link to that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and again, you know how it is, Teresa Radio, got a time constraint. Well, well, we're Italians and we keep talking. Thank you so much. God bless you for joining us, okay? And we'll make sure we'll provide all the information where people could find you um, on all our pages and on Veritas's page. And we want to thank you all, dear brothers and sisters, for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network, bringing the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York metropolitan area, 1350 on your AM dial. And please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.